Welcome to A Legacy of Preaching with Dr. Bill Burr. For one to have a legacy of faithful preaching, they must love God, love God's truth, and love to preach His truth. Dr. Bill Burr excelled in all of these areas, and he has certainly left us all a legacy of faithful preaching. Now, let's all tune in for this great message from God's Word with Dr. Bill Burr. Number 16, we have been studying concerning the church, and we're going to continue tonight. I I want to say again thank you to uh, Brother John Halsey. I've used his book as sort of a guideline. I, I mean, he has a tremendous book on the church. I gave one of these, or ordered one the other day for Brother uh, Lacey Brooks. Brother Lacey said, uh, Preacher said, you got any more of those books on the church? And I said, well, I don't have one, but I'll order you one. And so I did. And uh, I'd come in. He'd come by the other day to get it. And Ms. Burr had locked up in the secretary's office, and she had lost her key. Isn't that something? Now, she usually doesn't misplace things, and she'd lost her key. And I said, now, Patsy, look in all your pockets. I have. I have. I've looked in them. I said, well, look again. There ain't no need. I've looked in all of them. So she finally found it today in one of her pockets. Uh, but uh, huh, I know how that is because I've lost them so many times in my pocket. But uh, Brother Lacey came by and he wasn't able to get his. But I've got him one. I'm going to give them away to the preachers around here. Uh, folk, I've come to the conclusion that uh, it's important what you believe about the church. Amen? I believe it's important where you go to church. I believe it's important who you have as your pastor. I believe it's important what you believe. And uh, uh, he's got a whole section in this book here that deals with church orthodoxy. He uh, deals with what we believe about the Scriptures. We'll get into that. What we believe about the true God. Amen. Uh, The Trinity, the Holy Spirit. What we believe about the devil and Satan. What we believe about creation, the fall of man virgin birth, the atonement of sin, the resurrection, uh, the second coming, uh, all of these things. will co- It's important what you believe, and it's important the crowd you run with. Amen? I believe that with all of my heart. What is that old proverb that says? It's not a biblical proverb, but I think there's one that said, birds of a feather, what? Flock together. Amen? So it's, uh, it's, just, uh, it's important who you flock with. And so many times I've heard people say, well, it's not really important where you go to church. I believe it is. I believe it is. And uh, so that's why we're spending this time teaching on the church that Jesus built, the church that Jesus instituted, got started, and he's the one that's building it today. Look in Matthew 16. Here's a verse that we're using. I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, last week we talked about uh, the origin of the church, when it got started. And we talked about the fact that some people believe it got started with John the Baptist. We said that there's another group over there that believes it got started with the uh, uh, 12 disciples, the choosing of the 12 disciples. There's another group that believes it's a gradual uh, uh, thing that the church just gradually came into existence. And, uh, then of course, uh, there are those that believe that it started in the upper room and some believe that it started on the day of Pentecost. 
And we told you last week that we personally believe that all five of these were involved in the origin of the church. I believe in the embryo stage, it was there when John the Baptist was proclaiming the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe the choosing of the twelve disciples was the principle upon which uh, we still operate. We're chosen out of the world, and uh, we become a part of the body of the Lord Jesus Christ upon baptism. And so uh, we, we're just saying to you that we believe this principle is the same principle today, that the Lord is choosing out an ecclesia, of a body, an assembled body. And then, of course, um, we believe that uh, it was also gradual, a gradual development uh, in that, uh, you know, the Bible says that Jesus is a foundation, but Paul said, as a master builder, I've built their own. So it's important how we build. It's important that the type of building that you build on the foundation that is laid for you. And of course, in the upper room, when he breathed on them and said, receive ye the Holy Spirit, we believe that this is that uh, unseen person, that inward power that uh, unites us and, uh, and knits us together as one in the Lord Jesus Christ. And then, of course, the day of Pentecost, we believe that this is a day in which the church was empowered to go out and to uh, function as a church and to carry out the great uh, commission of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now tonight, we're going to take a look at church organization and how the church is organized. We're going to give you uh, three or four things. The church is a theocracy. Amen. I mean, listen, God is over us. Somebody said, Brother Bill, who do you answer to? Well, I answer to God. I answer to God. He's the one over me. You say, well, who do I answer to? You answer to God. I mean, listen, God's over this church. God leads us. God directs us. And um, then it's a democracy. I mean, listen, every person here in this church, as an individual member of this church, listen, you're a priest, a part of the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you're, a, as Revelation says, we're a kingdom of priests. And uh, we have the, the priesthood of the believer. I mean, listen, you don't take what the preacher says, and you don't take what the deacons have to say, and you don't take what the Sunday school teacher has to say, although I think that you have a good pastor, I think you have good deacons, I think you have good Sunday school teachers, and I don't believe they would knowingly tell you anything that was against the teaching of the Word of God. But my friend, as a priest, the priesthood of believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, you have the right and, yea, the privilege to go to the Lord and to seek His leadership, His understanding, and His wisdom in understanding the Word of God. And uh, so it's not only a theocracy, that is, that God rules over us, but it's also a democracy. I mean, listen, when, uh, when we go over the bank over here, bless your heart, we all get together and Yay, 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 we vote, and we say this is what we're going to do. And then the trustees of the church go over and sign the dotted line. We borrow the money. But we're responsible as a church, you see, and each individual person. So we're a democracy. And then our church is independent. Now listen, I, I take uh, great pride. And by the way, pride is not wrong in certain instances. You, ought to, you, have, you ladies ought to have pride in the way you... Uh, fix up your home and the way you keep your home. And you men ought to have a certain amount of pride in the way you conduct yourself, and the way you dress, 
your conduct and so forth. And uh, this church ought to have pride in the building and so forth. And we ought to do our best to keep beautiful grounds outside. And uh, don't you thank God for these lights out here? You didn't have any trouble getting in tonight, did you? I mean, listen, we, we lit this place up. We found out people have been coming up here and hiding behind the church and, and uh, drinking and, and uh, parking automobiles and all out here. I mean, you want to go out here tonight and have a picnic, you can do it. It's lit up. I don't know how the neighbors like it, but it's lit up like a ball field out there. We're going to put two more out front out here. And uh, when you come down Harper Road, look over here, there ought to be a certain amount of pride that you speak with concerning your church. Dr. Harold Seitler told us one time when I was in school, he said, fellas, you may not have the the biggest building and the most well-built building in your community. He said, but I'll tell you what you can have. You can have the cleanest building. Amen. And so you ought to work at that. We ought to keep our shrubbery up. We ought to, uh, and we're working on that. Got to get the parking lot fixed out here and the outside the building, inside the building. Our restrooms ought to smell good when you come in here on Sundays and Wednesdays. And, and uh, our songbooks ought to be uh, well taken care of. There ought to be a pride about you, my friend. And with a certain amount of pride tonight, I say to people, I'm an independent Baptist. Now, that tells them something, and I'll get back into it in just a moment when we talk about each of these individual things. But we're also interdependent. Now, we're not just dependent of every, uh, independent of everyone. I mean, we're interdependent on other churches. We need some fellowship, Brother Dennis and Brother Lewis. We need to know other pastors and other congregations. We need to be friendly with other people. And we have our singings and our special services and all. We ought to invite them to come in. That is, uh, uh, come in and have fellowship. Well, I tell folk, listen, you behave yourself in your church and behave yourself here. Amen. Do things decently and in order. But we're an independent Baptist church. Now let's go back and talk about each one of these things for just a few minutes tonight. The church is a theocracy. I want you to look in uh, Matthew chapter 16 and verse number 18. It says, I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. Now Jesus Christ is building the church. Amen? Uh, Jesus Christ is adding to the church. I mean, one, you know what the prerequisite is for being a member of Emmanuel Baptist Church? Huh? You say, well, you got to have money in the bank. No. You say you got to come from the right side of the tracks. No. Uh, you got to have uh, somebody to put in a good word for you. You got to be accepted by a certain board or something. No, that's not right. Listen, the only thing you have to do here is just get saved. Amen. Just get saved and follow the Lord in believer's baptism, and that unites you with Emmanuel Baptist Church. And whether or not you got money or not doesn't enter into it. I want you to know right now that the poorest person at Emmanuel Baptist Church, when it comes time to vote, bless your heart, honey, you have as much say-so as anybody else in this church. When it comes time for the financial end of this church, I don't care how poor you are, if you do what God says, if you tithe and you give above that tithe sacrificially and by faith, I'm telling you tonight, you are just as much a part of this church as anybody else. That's right. You say, it doesn't make any difference what I give. Oh, yes, it does. Yes, it does. You know where Jesus was? He was over against the treasury. That's right. Jesus watches what you give, and it's important. But I'm saying to you tonight, from the poor, from the least, right on up to the 
uh, most educated person in this church and the one that probably has the biggest bank account, everybody here has an equal say-so in this church because we're all saved the same way. Amen. God, God Almighty saves us, and when we're baptized, we are identified with the church. Now, Jesus is building the church. I want you to look at Ephesians chapter number 1 and verse number 22. Now, you can turn quicker than me. You just have to wait on me. I got to hold everything and, and uh, get along best I can. Look in verse number 22. And hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head. You say, Brother Bill, I thought you was the head of this thing. No. Or you say, Brother Jimmy and Brother Lloyd, I thought you folk were the head of Emmanuel Baptist Church and the deacon board. No. That's not right. The Bible, listen, this is what we go by right here. Amen? Now, I want you to know this. We have a statement of faith. We have a constitution. We have bylaws. We have articles of faith. All of these things written down back here. We took them right out of this book right here. But this book right here is the final say-so on all matters that come up here at Emmanuel Baptist Church. Now, that's right. We go by this book. And this book here tells us who is the head of Emmanuel. It says right here, and hath put all things under his feet and gave him, that is, Jesus Christ, to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. I'm telling you, Jesus is the head. Look at Ephesians 5 now and verse number 23. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the what? The church. Amen. He's the head. Now listen, what does head signify? It signifies authority. Amen. Signifies dominion. I mean, listen, he is the head. He is the authoritative ruler over his body, the bride, uh, the church. And it says so. Look at it again, verse 23. Uh, Even as Christ is the head of the church and he is the Savior of the body, therefore is the church is subject unto Christ. Amen. We're subject to him. Whatever he tells us to do, bless your heart, you'd better be about it. Amen. Now, I want you to know tonight, there's some things you, listen, you don't have to pray about things. Listen, if God said it in this book right here, you do it. You don't need to pray about being baptized. I mean, listen, you get saved, the book says repent and be baptized. I mean, that's as uh, simple as one, two, three. You just do that when you get saved. Amen. You don't have to pray about tithing. I mean, listen, that's in the book. You don't have to pray about giving. That's in the book. You don't have to pray about going to church. That's in the book. I mean, this book here is the written word. Jesus is a living word. This is the written word. And we're to obey him. We're to be subject unto him. All right. Now I want you to look again and see that he's not only the builder of the church and the head of the church, but he's the purchaser of the church. He bought the church. Look in Acts chapter 20, please. And verse number 28. Now, folk, I'm telling you, this is good. You, uh, if you learn all of this, 
write it down in your Bible somewhere and in your memory, I'll guarantee you the next person that comes up to you and says, well, it's not important where you go to church. You know what you're going to say? Oh, you're going to say, oh, yes, it is. Yes, it is important where you go to church. You see, we believe that Jesus is the head of the church, and we believe he's the builder, <coughs> and we believe he's the head. And I want you to look in verse number 28. <coughs> Excuse me. Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. Now, fellas, I want you to know something. Jesus Christ is the builder of Emmanuel Baptist Church. Jesus Christ is the head of Emmanuel Baptist Church. And Jesus Christ is the purchaser of Emmanuel Baptist Church. He bought Emmanuel Baptist Church. He bought every one of us and paid for us with his own precious blood. And then I want you to know this. Look over in Revelation chapter number 1. Revelation chapter number 1. And you'll see a picture of Jesus Christ. And I want you to see where he is in Revelation chapter 1 and verse, I believe it's verse number 23. No, can't be. Ain't but 20 verses. Let's see here. 12. All right. And I turned to see the voice that spake with me, and being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. Now, these seven golden candlesticks, we're told later on, they're the church, the churches. And in verse number 13, chapter 1 of the revelation of Jesus Christ, and in the midst of the seven candlesticks or lampstands, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, and gird about the paps with a golden girdle. Now, you say, where is Jesus tonight? He's in heaven. I know that. Listen, I'm no dummy. I know where Jesus Christ is. The man, Christ Jesus, is seated in the heavens. But I want to tell you where else he is tonight. He's in my heart, and he's in your heart. I mean, listen, Paul says, Christ in me, the hope of glory. Amen. And I want to tell you where else he is tonight. He's in the midst of the churches. Amen. He bought us. He paid for us. He's the head of us. He's building us. And he's standing in the midst of the churches. Ain't that wonderful? Thank God tonight for Jesus Christ, the theocracy. Now, we're also a democracy. And uh, now if you get tired, twist around a little bit. I know Brother Frank Palmer, his legs bother him. And he has to move around. He's about wore that seat out back there. I mean that. You in that same seat? That thing's so thin. One of these days, we're going to have to get it reinforced. But it's all right for you to move around a little bit. And it's all right for you to smile every now and then. And, and uh, all right to stretch your neck. You know, you ever see anybody, you people that sit at a desk all day long, you know what they do? They give it some of this, huh? Your neck gets tight. But um, I want you to pay attention. I want you to know what's going on. This is important to us, folk. You'd be surprised. Now, listen, I go to a lot of places and do a lot of preaching, see a lot of people, and you'd be surprised at the number of people that have sat in a Baptist church all their life, and they cannot tell you the difference between a Baptist church and a Methodist church. They cannot tell you why their church is called a missionary Baptist church. They don't know whether they're in the convention or out of the convention. 
They don't know whether their pastor is a liberal or conservative. They don't know anything about their church. Now, bless your heart, honey, I don't want you folk to be like that. Amen? I want you to know who you are, what you are, and why you are what you are tonight. Amen? Somebody comes up to you and says, I want to know why you're an independent Baptist. I want you to be able to tell them. Amen. Now, get this. The church is also a democracy. Now, there are different, different forms of church government. I had a course when I was in school called church polity. Now, that means church government, how the church operates and the form of government that it follows. Now, there are some who... Uh, who belong to what is called the Roman Catholic Church. Now, uh, this is called the Roman Catholic system, and all authority centers in one person, the Pope. Now, when he speaks, I mean that's as God himself speaks in their mind. Now, there's absolute authority in the Pope. Then there's a graded ministry of authority. And it comes down through cardinals, through uh, bishops, through uh, and priests. Now, this is the Roman Catholic system of government. They own everything. That's right. The Roman Catholic Church owns that church over there. They own the property over there. Everything belongs to the church. And they dictate. Listen, their, their rules and so forth come out of the, out of the Vatican. And uh, uh, what's that when they when the Pope writes out his what they call an encyclical letter or uh, in other words when it goes out to the churches and he writes this letter that's as if God Almighty Himself speaks and He has the supreme authority and then of course that comes down to cardinals and bishops and priests and uh, right on down this is a hierarchy called the hierarchy of the Roman Catholic Church. Now, I want you to know that none of that's found in the Bible. None of them. None of them. I mean, listen, uh, uh, the cardinals, you don't find any cardinals in here. The only kind of cardinal I know about is St. Louis Cardinal. That's the only one I know. But I, I mean, I, uh, you don't have anything uh, in this book here talking about cardinals. Brother Frank, on that uh, record I was, the other day we was listening to, you know, you, I don't think you heard it, but there's one funny story in there told about uh, the, the Pope. And this fellow said, uh, uh, said uh, how, they, how they get to elect the Pope. The fellow said he didn't know. He said, well, said uh, all the cardinals get together and they elect the Pope. And the other one scratched his head and said, my, my, ain't that wonderful. He said, wonder why the giants don't get together and do something for Willie Mays like that. You know, <laughs> well, that's their system of government. You say, Brother Bill, how can you laugh at it? Because it's an untrue system. Amen. It, it ought to be laughed at. It ought to be scorned. It ought to be looked on with contempt because there's no ground, there's no scriptural ground for what they believe and what they teach their people. You say, that's sacred. Listen, if you think the Roman Catholic Church is sacred, my friend, you need to take another look at your own faith, you see, because that system is of the devil, and the Antichrist is going to head it up one day. Now, uh, let me say this to you. Now, the Episcopal system, and uh, this is uh, a system that 
Uh, Brother Halsey points out he has been modified by uh, various groups of Nazarene Pentecostal and congregations, Nazarenes and so forth. They have a, they have a college of bishops with a superior clergy. Then they have superintendents and pastors. They have uh, individual members have little authority or voice in this system at all. And then there's the Presbyterian system. They have a general assembly rules as the highest authority over the denomination of churches and the Presbyterian church. The synod rules a large district of churches and owns them all. The presbytery, composed of representatives of the churches, rules a given district of churches, and the session is composed of the pastor, elders, and, uh, and elders, and rules the local church. Now, we don't believe, and I have never found any scripture to back up any kind of hierarchy in the church. We believe as Baptists, now listen to me, we believe in the individual priesthood of the believer. Now, I want you to know tonight, if something comes up in your home, you have a problem that comes up. Now, it's good to call the pastor and ask him to pray for you. I like for you to do that. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm telling you tonight that as a child of God, you have access to the very throne room of God. Amen. And I'm telling you tonight that every person here, each member of this church, is a priest. As far as you're concerned, God is concerned, you don't need any priests for you. We have a high priest in heaven, the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, he's there and, and he's made an atonement. He's uh, redeemed us, paid our sin debt. And he stands there today or sits there and uh, makes intercession for you and for me before the throne of Almighty God. But we're also a priest. And by that, I mean that we have the perfect right and really we're we're commanded in the Word of God to go boldly under the throne of grace. So uh, we believe in a democracy here. You say, Brother Bill, is there any evidence of that in the Word of God? Sure there is. Sure there is. They elected their own offices. Turn with me over the book of Acts, chapter number 1. Acts chapter 1, and look at verse number 26. Now, Judas Iscariot sin, and it says here... Uh, Verse number 26 says, And they gave forth their lots, and the lot fell upon Matthias, and he was numbered with the eleven apostles. You say, how was he chosen? You say, well, they voted. They cast their lot. You say, ha, 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 wait a minute here. That was the twelve apostles, Brother Bill. Listen, are the apostles a part of the church? My friend, if they are not, Paul made a great mistake when he said that they are the foundation of the church. Amen? I mean, listen, they got to be a part. If he's not, then the Bible's wrong. And so I'm telling you that they voted. They cast their lots. And, and not only that, but they, they, uh, uh, they were numbered. Look in Acts chapter number uh, 1 and verse number 5. It says, and in those days, Peter, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples and said the number of names together were about 120. 
Now, I believe they knew who was a part of that church. Amen? I believe their names were listed. Listen, did you, did you realize tonight that if you tried to do business at Emmanuel Baptist Church and you just let anybody come in and, and take a part and vote and uh, you didn't know who was a member and who wasn't a member, well, you'd have chaos. That's right. You'd have chaos. That's what happened. That's what happens in church splits. You ever notice that? Man, they come together to vote on that night, and you'll see people in that church, bless your heart, honey, hadn't been in there in five years. I mean, you don't know where they are. They went out and dug them up under some old rock somewhere and said, come on, we're going to vote. Now, any preacher, bless your heart, any preacher that let some rascal vote in a service that he was supposed to have control of, that had been the church in the last six months, he ought to be whipped. I mean that. He's not, he has no authority. He, listen, they don't have to vote on him. He doesn't have any say so anyway. They don't have to vote whether they're going to keep him or whether they're going to let him go. Bless your heart, honey. He gave up pastoring a long time ago. When the church gets that far out of control, they don't have any pastor. You say, Brother Bill? You're talking about people we know. I don't care who I'm talking about. I'm telling you, you tell them I said so. Bless your heart. Anybody, when the church gets that far out of control and things are no longer done decently and in order, why, he's, he's just lost all control. He might as well go on down the road, find him somewhere else. So I'm telling you, listen to me. Uh, they, they knew who was there. They were numbered. They, they added to them. I mean, listen, how are you going to add two? You say, well, we add two this week. Well, I'm so forgetful now, bless your heart. I can look up and I don't know who's a member and who ain't a member. I mean, I forget things. I don't know. Uh, Brother Bobby Allison told me about this little girl who had the brain tumor. And I forgot about it till his wife reminded me tonight. I'm sorry, but I, I just forgot about it. Uh, I'm so forgetful. And uh, the church grew to three thousand and then five more that makes eight thousand now bless your heart i don't know who you are but you'd have to be a computer in order to keep up with all those people amen and they practice church discipline how are you going to discipline somebody if you don't know whether they're a member of your church or not how are you going to take care of disciplinary matters if it doesn't mean something i'm telling you we are a democracy and we govern ourselves as a democracy they elected their own officers. They exercised uh, church discipline. They settled quarrels among their members. They decided on social issues. I mean, all of these things they took care of. So we're a democracy. And then we'll have to quit here. But next week, we'll get into talking about uh, the fact that we're an independent Baptist church. Now, I want to just give you this to think about. Have you ever wondered why? You're an independent Baptist. You ever take time to think about that? Why are some churches called missionary Baptists? Uh, why are some churches called free will Baptists? Why are some churches called primitive Baptists? Well, the free will Baptist people believe and go to the extreme of the free will of man. They take everything out of God's hand. And they put it all on man. 
the primitive Baptist church, they go the other extreme. They don't let man do anything and all of God, everything. Well, listen, I'm a Baptist that believes in the sovereignty of God. Amen? I believe in God's sovereignty. I believe God rules and reigns in the affairs of mankind. But bless your heart, I believe that every man that comes into this world, Brother Clifford, I don't care who he is, the hot and tot in Africa or anywhere, I believe that every man that's born into this world has a consciousness of God about him. Every man. If that's not true, John made a mistake when he said that every man that cometh into this world hath this light in him. I mean, there's, and light has a capital letter, refers to deity. That means that every man that's born in this world has a consciousness of God about him. Paul said that the, uh, the visible things of creation, the sun, the moon, the stars, all of this, it reveals the invisible. I believe every man can look up at the stars at night and know that there's a God in heaven. So I'm telling you tonight, I believe in the sovereignty of God, but I believe every man that comes in this world has a consciousness of God about him. And the Bible says, if, if I be lifted up, that's Jesus, amen? said, if I be lifted up, I will draw how many men? All men, inclusive. All men over the face of this earth has an opportunity to be saved. All men are drawn. My friend, don't you let anybody come by and tell you different. Now, that's why we're not a free will Baptist. That's why we're not a primitive Baptist. And uh, then I'll get into the fact that we're not a convention church. We don't belong to any Southern Baptist convention, American Baptist convention. We don't belong to those because of their uh, liberal stand concerning the Word of God and concerning the cardinal doctrines of the faith. And I'll have more to say about that next week. We're an independent Baptist. That means, listen, I'm just as much Baptist as, as John the Baptist was. Amen. I'm just as Baptist as Peter was. I'm just as Baptist as John was. I'm just as Baptist as any Baptist ever has been. I'm a Baptist. I believe that that's the way. If I didn't believe that, I'd be a Methodist. Or I'd be a Presbyterian. Or I'd be an Episcopalian. Or I'd be a Roman Catholic. I... But I'm a Baptist, bless your heart, and you're a Baptist. You're identified as a Baptist. It's a great heritage. There, there have been multiplied thousands of people who have given themselves for the cause of Christianity and for the cause of the Baptist faith. And let me tell you tonight, somebody stands up in church, and I, I had a fellow here one night stood up in this church and said it, and I cringed. I came that close to standing up. And saying something. He stood up and said that he was, he was a Baptist. He said, but he was a Christian first. And he gave the, the inference that, uh, Baptist didn't mean anything. Well, bless your heart. I'm a Christian and I'm identified with the Baptist church. It's important to me. And I hung a shingle out long years ago and identified myself. I've had so many people tell me, said, well, I'm a Bible. Huh? You ever have any of that crowd? I go to a Bible church. Well, everybody out there, listen, everybody says they believe the Bible. I mean, Presbyterians, 
Episcopalians, Whiskeypalians, whatever you want to call them. I mean, listen, all of them, if you, if you pinned them down, they'd say, oh, we believe the Bible in our church. Bless your heart, identify yourself. Let people know who you are. You say, well, Baptists have a bad name. No, some people might think so. Bless your heart, you look it up and trace it back and you go back to the Waldensians. You go back to the Anabaptists. You go back to the Pedobaptists. You go, you go back as far as Matthew chapter number 16 and you'll find out that Baptist people have stood for, uh, for the Bible over the years. And I believe it's important. Amen. I'll go to my grave, Brother Frank, believing it's important. And I'm going to teach it. I'm going to preach it. And uh, I don't have anything against these folk now. I mean, listen, I've got some friends out here at Pastor Bible Churches. And uh, I can't understand why they don't say they're Baptists. They believe the same thing I do. Most of them do. They believe the same thing I do. And they identify them. They put this statement out. You ever seen schools do this? And they'll, they'll say this out of Appalachian Bible College. They'll say, we're Baptistic in doctrine. Well, bless God, if you're Baptistic in doctrine, you're Baptist. Amen? I mean, listen, if, you, if you're Baptistic in what you believe, you're Baptist. I wonder why they're so afraid to say, well, we're a Baptist church. Anybody comes here, I want them to know that. I want them to be identified as Baptist people. I'm not ashamed of it. Not ashamed of it. God bless you. Amen. Hadn't this been good? I enjoy it. I enjoy Wednesday nights. I enjoy the fellowship with you people. You mean much to me. I mean that. When you smile at me back there and say, Preacher, I appreciate you. I believe you. I don't believe you'd lie to me. I believe you. And if, if I've been deceived, don't you tell me here. Because it, listen, it'd break my heart. It really would. And I love every one of you here tonight. Thank you.